are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. It's National Signing Day. BYU football looking to put mostly the finishing touches on their 2020 recruiting class. We'll talk a little bit about that. Some of the news that came out overnight with regards to commitments and the like. We'll cover all that for you on today's podcast. Catch up with the BYU basketball program. A number of guys dealing with health issues. We'll catch up on comments from Mark Pope regarding Jake Toulson, Gavin Baxter, and Yoli Childs. And also, we'll make sure to catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Today's show brought to you by Spavia, our good friends over there in Sandy, offering our listeners a great deal in the lead up to Valentine's Day, and we'll tell you about that as today's show rolls on. With that rundown out of the way, let's get started. This is Locked On Cougars for February 5th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition of Locked On Cougars. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know each and every day. And thanks again for taking the time to download this show. If you're new to the show, this podcast is available anywhere and everywhere podcasts are available to be downloaded and or listened to. So make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode. And also, don't forget to give us a favorable rating and review. It really does help get the word out about the podcast podcast help us find BYU fans and in turn help BYU fans find us right here on the show all right Wednesday edition of the show February 5th it is national signing day for the 2020 recruiting class and it doesn't feel the same anymore does it Uh, early signing period now in mid to late December really takes a lot of the juice out of a day like today it used to be a really celebrated day the day when you saw all of the kids that BYU or other college football programs were recruiting were all faxing in their documents announcing they'd signed their national letter of intent with the school of their choice but as it stands today, about only 25%, I think most national prognosticators, between 20 and 25% of the classes will sign today. The vast majority, 75 to 80%, already signed in the early signing period. So just a very interesting dynamic, especially when you consider BYU already signed 13 of their members of their recruiting class. Uh, expected to sign up to as many as 25, and that includes guys coming back off of missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. BYU got some good news yesterday with the announcement from Tate Romney, the younger brother of Gunner and Baylor Romney, the linebacker out of Chandler, Arizona, that he will sign with BYU before going on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So he will be a Cougar. That's a great addition. A kid who was getting significant interest from a number of Power 5 programs in the run up to National Signing Day. There was some concern that he would not sign with BYU because... It looks like, at least projection-wise, him coming back off of his mission, he won't play with either of his brothers because Gunner is expected to be a junior this coming season while Baylor is a redshirt sophomore. So there's an outside chance he could play one year with one of his brothers, speaking of Baylor primarily, but 
we'll see what happens. So Tate Romney, I think, is a fantastic pickup for BYU. Cougars also hoping to lend the commitments and signatures from Bodie Schoonover, as well as Miles Davis out of the Las Vegas area. Bodie Schoonover, an American Fork product just up the road from BYU. And as I reported here on the podcast on Monday, all indications are that Bodie will sign with BYU, those positive vibes held strong yesterday so the hope is that whenever he announces and signs his paperwork today that his signature goes on a national letter of intent for Brigham Young University and I think if you have Josh Wilson, Bodie Schoonover, and Tate Romney as your linebacking core in this recruiting class, well, BYU's back in the linebacking business, I feel like, for the long term. Because I feel like they've just got all of the talent that's just going to continue to pump through there. Some of these guys are going on missions like Romney and Schoonover still undecided but could go on a mission himself. But it looks like for the near term, BYU's linebacking core is going to be stellar. And that's a fantastic thing if you're a BYU fan. Uh, like I said, in terms of National Signing Day, just a lot of the aplomb, a lot of the buzz and excitement has been taken out of it because of the early signing period, but there are still a number of guys you could see signed. Miles Davis is a kid from the Las Vegas area, has dealt with numerous injuries and kind of flown under the radar recruiting-wise in the run-up to National Signing Day, but he did have a 1,000-yard season as a senior down there in the greater Las Vegas area, and I think he's got tools like a Terrence Fall to come in and be developed at BYU as a wide receiver, and hopefully it pays off down the road. Uh, as I said on the podcast earlier this week, I think it was actually yesterday, BYU's kind of got, got to play the long game with certain recruits here and look at a kid and say, okay, he's not a day one guy, like come in and start right away. Guys like Cody Epps could be a starter right away. So there are always those guys that join BYU who are day one guys. But I think there's also other guys that BYU looks at and says, okay, if we give him a season or two where we work with him on the scout team and behind the scenes, etc., he could become a starter for us. And I think they're betting on that with guys like Terrence Fall as well as Miles Davis. They see the tools in these young men. They're not necessarily polished products, but they think they can develop them and they can be contributors at some point in their career. And I think it's a fantastic idea for BYU because with all the recruiting disadvantages that BYU deals with that we detailed previously on this podcast, you've got to kind of mix it. I think guys like Christopher Jackson, the junior college wide receiver who's going to join BYU this summer, as well as Cody Epps, who comes from Modern Day High School, one of the best high school programs in the country. Well, both of those guys, for example, are expected to come in and compete for starting and playing time right away. Well, conversely, I think guys like Miles Davis, as well as Terrence Fall, just using wide receivers as an example they're probably guys who come and spend a year maybe two on the scout team redshirt for a season and then at some point as a sophomore junior etc you expect them to step up and be contributors in a large degree for BYU I think it's a fantastic development program for BYU where you try and target both day one guys as I like to as I like to call them guys who come in and just are contributing members right away, but also target guys who can contribute down the road. And it almost helps balance your class in a way where you don't have to necessarily worry about finding new guys every four years. You can balance it out and your classes can kind of lengthen out here. So National Signing Day today. We'll recap more of it once the class is officially signed, sealed, and delivered. Press conference in Provo later this morning, 11.15 a.m. Mountain Time is when it's scheduled for with Kalani Satake. So exciting times here if you're a BYU fan. We'll be sure to have everything covered for you on your daily podcast covering BYU right here on Locked on Cougars. Coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk some BYU basketball comments from Mark Pope about Jake Toulson, uh, Gavin Baxter, as well as Yoli Childs. We'll get to all of that 
that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, as I mentioned in the open, Spavia is a proud sponsor of Locked On Cougars, and we love having this company on board with us. What Spavia is, you're probably wondering, okay, what is Spavia? Well, they aim to bring the five-star resort spa experience to anybody and everybody. You don't have to be staying at a five-star resort to experience the luxury of a five-star spa. It's a fantastic, fantastic company. I went over there and got a sports massage recently, and I have to tell you guys, it was incredible. They have great deals going on for Valentine's Day. It's February 5th, obviously. A week from Friday is Valentine's Day, so don't forget to take care of your significant other and consider using Spavia to take care of that significant other. They have uh, spa package discounts right now, couples massages. They got gifts that are coming with every purchase as well, and the best deal they've got going right now is for all of our Locked On Cougar listeners. This is the best deal they offer. You buy two gift cards, you get a third of equal value on Spavia. So you buy two $50 gift cards, $200 gift cards, you get a $50 or $100 gift card respectively. It's the equal value for free from Spavia. They're absolutely incredible. I love what they do. The people over there at Spavia are top notch. They'll make sure you are taken care of. Your significant other, more importantly, is taken care of because this time of year, you can't afford to screw up Valentine's Day. You all know that. Here's what you need to do, guys. Give Spavia a call. 801-424-7566. Mention you're a Locked On Cougars listeners. Locked On Cougar listener, excuse me, and they will help you put together the perfect package for your special Valentine. Score points with your Valentine t- today and give a gift of ultimate relaxation and pampering with Spavia. Gift the gift of Spavia today. 801-424-7566. Let them know you're a Locked On Cougars listener and they will make sure you're taken care of as Valentine's Day draws closer. Once again, Spavia. 801-424-7566. Seven five six six. All right, guys, BYU basketball heads to Portland today as they get ready to take on the Pilots at the Child Center tomorrow. Uh, as a preview for tomorrow's podcast, I've got an exclusive one-on-one conversation with Dalton Nixon in the lead-up to that game. Some great thoughts from him on his play of late for BYU, just the play of the team overall, and also maybe a famous incident may become a meme with TJ Haas up there at Portland. We'll discuss all of that, so stay tuned for that on tomorrow's edition of Locked on Cougars. But BYU dealing with some health issues right now. Jake Toulson rolled his ankle pretty dang good. I saw a picture of it and his ankle, man, did not look good uh, when he came down on that on that play against St. Mary's. Uh, Mark Pope was speaking to the media yesterday during his weekly press conference. He addressed Jake Toulson's status and then also addressed uh, some comments about Gavin Baxter, who is nearing a return to action if he so chooses uh, to play for BYU this season after suffering that labrum injury. Well, he'll talk about that and also some thoughts on Yoli Childs, his development and some of the concerns and issues he's dealt with as a senior this season as they get ready for the stretch run of the season here. So here you go. Some comments from Mark Pope. We'll discuss them a little bit more here in just a second. How's Jake doing? He's good. He's, uh, you know, I don't know what he's going to be. I mean, he's limping around, but he threw the football with me before practice. And so his arm's great. I mean, he's freaking throwing a laser. You need a baseball pass. Like he's right yeah, exactly. What's the plan with Gavin right now? So Gav is in that four to six month window. Uh, he went and saw the doctor yesterday and he cleared him. And um, so, you know, that's cleared for his shoulder. Uh, and then now the rest, it's his shoulder now and the rest of his body. I mean, he hasn't, nobody's pushed him and he hasn't had to like stabilize a land on his ankles or anything like that. So, um, 
you know, his shoulder is, you know, and, and, and like his shoulder is clear in terms of being healthy, but strength-wise, we just gotta, we gotta see what he can do and where he can get to the point where he actually is better, right? So, put a red jersey on him today, and we'll probably keep that in as painful as it is to have red in our gym. I might forget, like, a yellow, maybe. Um, and, uh, and, you know, he ran up and down a little bit. We, we didn't let him get tired. You know, I don't want him on the floor right now when he gets tired. I told Rich that he's not really allowed to, really allowed to touch him, and Rich forgot a couple times a day. It scared me to death. So we'll see. Um, since deciding to forego the NBA draft and coming back, what has Yoli added to his skill set that will make him even more um, – like sought-after prospect? Well, I think the one thing and maybe the most important thing that he's added is that he's, he's, he has become a, a monster of a teammate. Like, he's become a, a, an incredible teammate. Probably wasn't his strength coming this year. And, um, and he spent a lot of time just wanting to get done whatever it takes to win. And that is a, that's, that's probably the most important thing he's going to take it with him into camp next year, right? Um, the second thing that's still a work in progress is, is him playing as hard as he can. He's, you know, he's, 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 there's been a lot of distractions. There's a finger distraction, the, the suspension distraction, the, you know, the kind of ankle distraction that all make it harder to, like, be diving on the floor and, 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 and playing as hard as you can. But... Um, He's got it squared in his mind. He's made great progress. Things like transition defense, he's made unbelievable progress. His ball screen defense, he's made unbelievable progress. But he's still got, uh, you know, he's still got significant strides to make um, for him to get to where he needs to be to kind of go in and, and and earn a draft spot and go in and make a team. And, and he's working hard at it. And hopefully, you know, we can get to a real clean bill of health where he can he can double down on all those things. You know, he's become a better passer. Uh, you know, his assist opportunities numbers when he's right are off the charts. It's really amazing. Um, I think he's a better communicator right now in terms of on-floor live communication. I'm really proud of him there. Uh, I think he's had moments where his isolation defense has been spectacular and some moments where it's not, but I think he's making strides there. So there's a lot of areas where he's showing some growth. He's, he's shooting the ball unbelievably well uh, with great confidence and, and belief. And, and so that's been a huge plus for him. And so... I don't know, it's 56% from the three-point line right now. It's crazy. So There you go, Mark Pope, BYU basketball coach. Some great thoughts from him. And I, I think if Gavin Baxter is cleared to go and he wants to play, I don't think BYU can even stop him from getting out on the court. If I know that he'll burn the year of eligibility, etc. But as I had one person tell me around the program, if you think Gavin Baxter is going to play all four years at BYU, you're a little bit up in the night in that regard. He's got the uh, NBA athleticism and body or a next level body at minimum. Uh, it's cool to see guys like Eric Mika succeeding at the N- at the NBA level. I had some of you reach out and say, hey, why haven't you talked about Mika on the podcast yet this week? I meant to talk about him yesterday, I will admit, but we ran out of time. But it's cool to see Eric Mika now succeeding for the uh, Sacramento Kings. I'm hoping he gets signed on for the rest of the season and can remain with the team. He's on a 10-day contract currently. Uh, he spent time in China and also with the Stockton Kings in the G League this season. He is ground and ground. And that's a credit to Eric Mika. He has transformed his game at the pro level and I think a guy like Gavin Baxter is kind of the next guy who could leave a little bit early from BYU and pursue the pro ranks and that's not to say that other guys couldn't do that but 
if Gavin Baxter is cleared, he's healthy, he's ready to go, he very much can be a help to BYU in the stretch run of the season here, can be a rim protector at minimum, can contribute offensively. He's got all the athleticism in the world, has, what, a 40-some-odd-inch vertical, just can jump out of the gym. And I think that getting him back would be fantastic. Sounds like Jake Toulson very much more iffy, if you heard in the early part of those comments about his ankle. Uh, I would expect he probably misses tomorrow night's game. I think BYU can beat Portland without him, but he's the type of kid that wants to play, and we'll see what happens. Uh, And also, finally, Yoli Childs talking about some of the issues he's dealt with this year, the suspension, the finger injury. But you heard Coach Pope say that despite it all, Yoli has been continuing to play extremely well, and I think that's a very good sign for BYU as they get ready for Portland and then a rematch against San Francisco on Saturday. I think the Cougars are on track still to make the NCAA tournament. Well, I don't even have to say that. The national prognosticators, Joe Lunardi and the like, have BYU as a seven seed. Now that would be something to see a seven seed or maybe even a little bit higher if BYU is able to beat a team like Gonzaga later this season. It'd be cool to see the Cougars be a favored team in the NCAA tournament. They're tracking that way. they got to continue to take care of business against uh, teams like Portland, etc., and hopefully knock off Gonzaga here in a week or two. But... I think that the Cougars are in a good spot right now. If you can get Jake Toulson back healthy in the near future, you got to get Gavin Baxter. If he's cleared by the doctors, you get him back on the court. I think BYU is going to be a very different team come tournament time than they even were at midseason this year. And I think that's a positive sign for BYU basketball. We'll have more on this for you tomorrow, more of a preview of the Portland matchup in particular. And like I said, a one-on-one conversation with Dalton Nixon right here on Locked On Cougars tomorrow. All right, we'll catch up on all the other BYU news here in just a second. But as some of you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for some time, you've heard some of the great advertisers we've had work with us in the past. Companies like Deseret First Credit Union, Spavia, who we just talked about a little bit ago, our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. We have great companies sponsoring with us that have all seen great success sponsoring with Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. We want to help you guys out. You may not know that Locked On Cougars is a great way for your local business to reach passionate BYU fans just like like you. Unlike any other podcast service, Locked On gives your company a local unique ability to reach local podcast listeners and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with BYU fans that are predominantly male, that is well-educated and has disposable income, then let's put your company right here on Locked On Cougars. Local fans love to support local businesses, so text the word advertising to 33777 or visit advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to work with you to achieve Lacton's advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. And we look forward to hearing from you and working with you right here on Locked On Cougars. All right, guys, the other BYU news you need to catch up on today. Let's start off on the football front, but another new coach will be facing BYU in Provo this year, the season opener, the home opener for BYU, after the faceoff against the University of Utah is against Michigan State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And yesterday, the news coming out, Mark D'Antonio, the 13-year veteran head coach of the Spartans, stepping down. A little bit surprisingly, he had recently got a retention bonus of $4.3 million. There have been allegations of recruiting him proprieties out there with him at Michigan State, but he has stepped down and a new coach will be in place for Michigan State when they come out to Provo in September. 
I feel for Michigan State players and coaches because this is a tough time. We're talking he did this the day before National Signing Day. Whoever this new coach is comes in and has to essentially say, you know what, I can work with these guys that you recruited. And I'm sure there'll be athletes that have signed with Michigan State already who will want out of their national letters of intent. It's a bad situation all the way around. And it sounds much more fishy than just him deciding, I want to spend more time with his family. Call me a cynic, but whenever a coach specifies that, it makes you think, okay, what do you got hiding? And there have been some allegations from a former staffer. There's been recruiting violations for years under D'Antonio that have been very much coming to a head. And we'll see if ultimately something comes out to explain more about why D'Antonio chose now to step down. And and like I said, it'd be nice if it was just the fact that he wanted to spend time with his family. But where there's smoke, there usually is fire. And it sounds like at least Michigan State's got some... Got some issues, and D'Antonio steps down, and a new head coach will be facing BYU in what will probably be their second game as well as a head coach of the green and, green and white out there with the Michigan State Spartans. All right, some other BYU news to catch you up on. A big congratulations, by the way, to Talem Franco. You probably don't know his name, but he's a member of the BYU track and field team. He just broke the four-minute mar- four mile barrier at BYU. It's been 65 years since Roger Bannister broke the four-minute barrier, thought I was people thought it was physically impossible until he did it. Well, Talon Franco, a senior at BYU, did it this past Saturday, and congratulations to him. He finished in three minutes, 58.09 seconds. He becomes the 550th American to break the four-minute barrier. I like cool round numbers, and 550 is a great barrier, and that's congratulations to Talon Franco. That's a cool thing to see. Other track and field notes for you guys, the BYU women's distance medley relay team, the DMR team, set a new BYU indoor record in Washington facility record to earn a national qualifying time in the relay with ten, with a time of 10 minutes 53.95 seconds at the UW invite up there in Washington on Saturday. So congratulations to Ed Eyestone's team. They're doing some great things and as a result of that along with some other results, the USTF CCCA has named the BYU women's track and field team. They've moved up to number 14 in the country overall. So congratulations to track and field. They're doing great things so far in the indoor season. The outdoor season has even begun. So so it's good to see track and field having success around the around the way. A couple other notes for you before we go today is that BYU BYU men's volleyball senior setter Will Stanley is named the MPSF Defensive Player of the Week for the second week in a row on Monday. BYU remains unbeaten. They're hosting UCLA this week as they open up MPSF play. Cougars moved up to number one in the media poll this week. AVCA poll, the coaches poll, still has them number two behind Hawaii, but. BYU, man, they are flying right now. They're doing great things, and congratulations to Will Stanley on that honor of being the MPSF Defensive Player of the Week for the second straight week. And then finally, BYU seniors David Ball and Sean Hill from the men's tennis program were named as the first West Coast Conference men's tennis doubles team of the week earlier this week. Uh, They paired up for the first time this past weekend, and their only Cougar duo to win both of their doubles matches, clinching the doubles points for BYU's victories against East Tennessee State as well as Weber State. So fantastic showings for men's tennis, and congratulations to David Ball and Sean Hill on that weekly honor. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. As always, it's a blast to be with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports. Make sure you follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Locked On Cougars. Follow my personal Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch, and also make sure to weigh in with the show if you want to via email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Enjoy whatever's left of your Wednesday. Enjoy National.
International Signing Day. Maybe BYU is a surprise or two up their sleeve that I'm unaware of. We'll see how it all shakes out, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Cougars, February 5th, 2020.